This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Kate Lovejoy, COO, retargeting at Addictive. Kate, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thank you, Art. Pleasure to be here today. Terrific. Thank you for coming. Okay, this is the first episode we recorded in 2023. So happy new year, everybody. I hope it's been good for you so far. Hopefully the Christmas table was great as well. Got some gifts for your kids under the... Christmas tree, perhaps for yourself as well, if you still prefer to do so, not not just get it right away from Amazon and use it right away once you got it. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, that was another turbulent year, uh, to put it mildly. Let's talk about something light, like games, specifically mobile games, to be very specific, gaming apps marketing. People turn to games during holidays is one of the best ways to give their minds a bit of a break. In fact, this is what they tend to do when they're commute in an airport, waiting for their flight on and on. But given the time constraints and a typical mindset people have in those situations, it's usually about casual gaming. In, con- in contrast, today we want to talk about marketing of hardcore and mid-core gaming apps which time-wise have a different flavor. Kate, before diving into this topic, um, let's talk about you. Uh, Tell us about yourself, please. Absolutely. So as you said, my name is Kate Lovejoy. I've spent the past decade working in advertising, starting in television media buying. Uh, In 2016, I found my way into ad tech and have been working on growth strategy for games ever since. I've had the privilege of working on UA and retargeting for hundreds of titles over the years across all different categories. And today I'm the COO of the retargeting business at Addictive, where I support a team that delivers strategic partnership to marketers executing on mobile app retargeting campaigns. When people hear somebody's working in the industry for a decade, they always need to put things in perspective for online advertising. 10 years ago, it was the time when Facebook was the good old Facebook, only for your family and friends. Those problems we know about the Facebook these days were not on the radar, even close. You know, everything was smaller, cosier, a bit a bit slower. So yeah, 10 years, it's uh, just the universe in terms of you know, your time-wise time in the mobile advertising. Uh, okay, let's talk about the company uh, you work for. Addictive, tell us about your company, what you guys do. Yeah, of course. So you can really think of Addictive as the growth engine for mobile games. So we help the world's top grossing games increase retention and drive incremental revenue. So our clients really rely on us to give them made to measure strategies, creatives, and algorithms. We like to say that we combine science and creativity. So delivering best in class playables, paired with our top retargeting and cross-promotion tech. Another differentiator for us is we really believe in creating a unique strategy for each client based on their 
in-app data and user behavior. And all of that process really starts before campaigns even go, go live. We have 90 employees located in Paris, New York, and San Francisco. Oh, that's, these are nice locations. Uh, you get the best from both worlds. All right. So first thing first, let's bring up the definition of what, I, what is actually hardcore and mid-core mobile game. Let's define the jargon before we start the conversation about its marketing. Because uh, for me as a non-gamer, I have no idea what specifically these terms mean. For sure. And I think you set it up quite well. So what we're talking about here is not casual games. It's not the games that you're going to play on the bus or you know while you're waiting in line. Those are the casual ones. What we're talking about here in the, the mid and hardcore categories are games that require a high level of investment. Um, so games that require an investment of your time, an investment of money that, that users are playing uh, in really an intensive way. So it might be a shooter game, it might be a multiplayer game quite often. These games with um, more complexity to them essentially. Since we're talking about you know different audience yeah. for these games, uh, let's talk about audience segmentation. When it comes to targeting, what hardcore and mid-core game users should have marketers be focused on? And perhaps you have some data to back up your insight about this. Sure, it's a it's a great question. So really, retargeting can help you know throughout throughout the funnel, but really, what you want to focus on primarily and first off is on targeting your payers. Um, so I can speak to a, a study we did recently with our gaming clients in, in this vertical. We looked mm -hmm. at a dozen or so different apps generating, I think, close to 200 million in revenue. And we tried to see, you know, what were the common behaviors across all of these apps? What we really found was true importance of repeat purchasers. So we found that 97% of in-app revenue in this bucket of, of games was coming from folks who had made two or more purchases. So not people who had made one, a one-time purchase, but people who had made multiple purchases. This is important because there is also volume-wise a large number of users who have only made one purchase. So it's a really interesting opportunity for retargeting when you're looking at this huge audience of users who only purchased one time. If you can get those folks to make a, a second purchase, then it starts to become a really meaningful part of your revenue. So all that to say, when it comes to defining your audiences for this type of game, I highly suggest focusing on one, converting those first time, first time purchasers into second, two time purchasers, uh, and hopefully two, three, four, five, uh, many, many times more. Right, uh, years ago when I was the in the marketing agency, I remember the term whale for somebody mm -hmm. who's spending a lot for a mobile game. Is this term still being used? Absolutely. And, and that's who we recommend you go after. You know, the first strategy I was just describing there is about creating whales. So getting more users to exhibit whale behavior. The second really important group to go after are the whales themselves. So, you know, we, we live in a time where user interests can quickly wane. There's a lot of competition out there. You wanna make sure that your whales are, that you're maximizing your whales LTV and retargeting can help with that. So making sure that you're getting them to do multiple purchases, 
uh, getting them to come in day over day and that they're not exiting your app for a competitor's app. Gotcha. I wonder what real whales will tell about this conversation about what games do yeah. they play. That's that that would be really interesting scientific research to see what games do they play. Oh, um, for sure. Right. So we just mentioned the time briefly. How would you suggest mm -hmm. mobile game marketers to build their monetization strategy time-wise? It's a really good question because I think it's uh, something that's counterintuitive. I really encourage all marketers to make sure that they have a good understanding of what's the average time between purchases uh, for their payers. It's much more frequent than uh, you or I might expect. We found in a, in a recent study that 51% of our second purchases were happening the same day as the prior purchase. So you might think that it takes users, you know, a week before they're making another purchase, that maybe there's, you know, some some waiting period, but really valuable users are, are purchasing at a very fast clip. And if you can get a ad in front of them that has the right messaging, the right creative at the right moment, you can make sure that you're maximizing that uh, opportunity. So I would say there's, you know, there's this fear sometimes among marketers that perhaps it's too early, like they wanna wait a while before getting an ad in front of a user, but our data has, has really found that that is a moment when the moment of purchase is the moment when they have the highest intent to make another purchase. So go after them kind of straight away. Right, so it feels like if they are into games and specifically this one, which is the subject, given the average pace we have, you know, how many, how many pieces of information are floating in our heads on a daily basis? If you really like something and you're into games, most likely and your data is actually picking up, we'll be investing into this game the same day when your interest is in, in its peak, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, uh, next up is our KPIs, Key Performance Indicators. There's three letters we all hopefully love. <laughs> And, and and have a uh, don't have nightmares every once in a while. What are the ones hardcore and core game marketers should be focused on? Yeah, so my recommendation here is really to have two things that you're looking at. One is uh, a ROAS, you know, day plus seven, day plus thirty, something like that, to kind of measure performance in in the day to day. Looking at your return on ad spend always an important. But then the second important part with retargeting specifically is to really make sure that you're measuring incrementality. So you want to make sure that you have a way to prove that you're going after the right audience, that you're not cannibalizing activity um, that would have happened already, and you want to have a really good understanding of what that looks like. Um, and at, at Addictive, we do that for every campaign we run. We have this incrementality testing. And we do that based on um, intent to treat. So basically, we have a holdout group for all of our campaigns. Those folks are not exposed to ads. We compare the organic behavior of that holdout group versus those who are allowed to be exposed to ads. And then you can see what's the true impact of my retargeting efforts. Am I going after the right audience? Uh, you know, answering those kinds of questions. So really, I recommend kind of two goals to monitor the success of your campaign, your standard, you know, day plus seven ROAS and this incrementality component. 
Now, Kate, perhaps you have some key takeaways for app marketers when they finish listening to this podcast episode, something that will stick in their minds and will help them to you know, work on their projects on a daily basis. For sure. So, you know, I think there's there's a lot you can do with creative publishers that we didn't get into today for sure. But I think what's really most important when you're starting out with retargeting is your foundation. So who are you targeting and how are you going to measure the results? So four, four things I would recommend here. You know, first is identify the traits of your most valuable users. Look at the funnel and see where you have the biggest targetable audience who is also showing high intent signals. Those are the folks you're gonna wanna go after. Uh, second thing would be to test the audiences that we've seen work time and time again for other games in your vertical. So in this case, when we're talking about mid and hardcore, it's really all about maximizing the revenue from your active and lapsed payers and converting first time purchasers to second time purchasers. Um, you're gonna look at a moment of high intent for maximum impact. And then lastly, you know, really just make sure you have that appropriate KPI and measurement in place, including a solution for incrementality testing and one that you can, that you can verify on your side. Great. And actually uh, you brought up this topic of um, incrementality and uh, um, I think I've got a really nice metaphor, which kind of resonates with your company name. Uh, incrementality, think about it like um, when you're 3D printing something, the, the, uh, another way of saying 3D printing is uh, additive manufacturing. So putting a layer by layer something on top of each other layer to build your uh, business to make it sustainable. And the way to you know, go through this process is you know, by small incrementals. There's no way you can go by you know, leaps and bounds in um, the app industry these days. Now, Kate, I think uh, since you've been, like you've said, you've been a, in a decade uh, in uh, advertising business, uh, is there something that you would really like to change, you know, uh, looking you know, back in all those years? You know, I have to say more women, more women's voices uh, amplified. We've made a ton of progress, uh, but that's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. Um, you know, if you're, you're hosting a, a panel or, or sharing content, you know, I, I suggest everyone to think about how you can get a diversity of backgrounds represented. Um, some of my favorite voices in game, gaming with really incredible thought leadership, um, Janie Parasini at, at Dapper Labs, Sophie Vo at Savage Games uh, and the founder of Rise and Play, Leanne Loom at, at Netflix. Are, they're all putting out uh, incredible content. So definitely recommend checking out uh, what they have out there. Overall, you know, we've we've made a lot of progress as an industry, but I'd love to, you know, see more of that thought leadership continue to be amplified. Absolutely. Think about it. We've got 8 billion people on this planet and more than 50% of these people are women. Like it's no brainer. We need to have more women in tech, like in every industry, in business in general. Absolutely. Okay, that was the first part of the show, and I've got a small second part. Uh, this is the time when I get a chance to ask a few quick questions to every guest on the show, so people who are listening to us know them better. Here we go. Uh, what smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between these two giants or staying one side all the time? 
I've stuck with iOS. I just got the iPhone Pro Max 14. So it's oh, a great, great upgrade. It's working well. Great. Okay, and uh, you, you've been staying, like never looked at the Android side. No, you know, I had a BlackBerry for a while <laughs> before, uh, before a smartphone, but then strictly, strictly iOS. All right, which leads me to my next question. What was your first mobile phone before the iPhone era? It was a Sidekick. So I don't know if you remember that, but it was like horizontal with a keypad mm -hmm. and then it flipped yeah. up. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I do remember the, that one. Uh, okay. Uh, back to reality, back to present. If you left your home uh, and your iPhone is still sitting on your you know, coffee table or something, uh, what would be the most missing feature when you realize your smartphone is not in your pocket? Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd miss my phone terribly. I think the, the key though would be music and, and navigation. Apple Music, Spotify, both? I uh, Spotify. Okay. Uh, what new app technologists are you most excited about? Not, not, not really something that you, you may hear, uh, you know, being covered by the tech pundits, but for you specifically, hardware, software, something that your beloved iPhone 14 Pro is not capable of doing as right now. You know, I hate to be a, a cliche here um, because I feel like this topic is getting a lot of press at the moment, but I'm super excited about text-based AI, chat, GPT. I've been playing around a lot with it. Um, I'm just interested in seeing what type of work can be automated, especially as someone who's working in managed service. I love the idea of figuring out things that we can give to the robot so that my team can work on, you know, more, more, the most interesting problems. So following that all pretty closely. Exactly. You have to know your uh, quote unquote anime really well. Make sure you realize he uh, or she, I don't know, probably it's just doesn't have a gender. AI will not capable to take your work away. So you have to use it as a tool, not a replacement to you as the workforce. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would be a really uh, interesting uh, topic for years in, in the future, I guess, because the jury is still out. We're still guessing, like, obviously, that's that's a great, um, like, the more information we accumulate, the more it makes sense to use AI, because we're just physically not capable to process that much of information we have to, let alone with that speed, which is necessary. Mm -hmm. Before I let you go, a very, very final question. How could people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Absolutely. So please feel free to reach out to me at kate at addictive.com, K-A-T-E at A-D-I-K-T-E-E-V.com. There'll be links, uh, I'm sure. In the sure, I'll, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, or you know, find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to chat. Kate, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Art. I really enjoyed the questions today. It was a, a great convo. Great. And that was Kate Lovejoy, COO, Retargeting at Addictive. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search Business for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes in your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.